bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! Welcome to another edition of the Hive Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Olson. And first of all, um, if you're not already doing so, feel free to follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, or Twitter. You can search at The Hive Sports. And you, it, we, you can also go to our website, thehivesports.com, where we have articles to bring you all the buzz on sports in the beehive state. And if you like listening to these podcasts, especially on Apple Podcasts, feel free to give us a five-star rating and review. Tell us what you like. We're always looking to improve the podcast and and bring to light all the sports in Utah. Without out of the way, let's let's get this show started. It's actually a special episode um, on on these Sunday episodes. Um, so we usually, all, those of who have listened, we have a BYU. Cause Monday, Big Blues Day for Utah State and Jazz on Thursday, and then Utes on Saturday. But on Sundays, we're looking to add some more stuff. Um, we actually have two podcasts coming out. Um, so when you're done with this one, de- definitely listen to the Southern Utah Sunday podcast where we have news on that. But um, this is kind of something. So every Sunday, we're writing an, an article on a different person in Utah sports history and. And I like to collaborate with people who are like-minded, like also like covering um, sports in Utah. And so I have a special guest, um, the one of the founders of the Utah Sports Hall of Fame, Norma Carr. How are you doing today? Well, that's great, but I'm not one of the founders. I, you know, but oh. I am one of the one of the board members. The founders started back in 1967. <laughs> Oh yeah, and I was good to, get to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, I'm doing so. good, and I yeah the the Utah Sports Hall of Fame was actually started in '67 with uh, 18 charter members, and uh, they were it was at that time called the Old Timers uh, Athletic Association. So yeah, it started. 54 years ago now. Wow, yeah, that's 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 definitely good good to know. Um yeah, that was actually going to be one of my my first questions. Um so yeah, that's that's great that you're on the on the board and uh, yeah, it's been around a long time. So um actually, yeah, so my first question I kind of wanted to maybe dive into a little more detail and how how did the Utah Sports Hall of Fame you you already answered how it got started, but um, who, who are some of the people that have helped it grow to what it is today? Well, some of the uh, past presidents, um, which are which are many, um, you know, were um, Dick Rosetta, you know, kind of in the current eras, Dick Rosetta, Chuck Scale, Joel Gardner. Um, I'm, I'm now the past president. I, for the last previous two years, you know, uh, was uh, was the one that was in the president at the time of the making of the Utah Sports Hall of Fame Museum. But there was people like, uh, like I said, Joel Gardner, Evan Exel, 
who used to be the director of the Utah High School Association. Uh, Wood, Bruce Woodbury, there's a name you probably recognize. Uh, Neil Petty, uh, yeah. Berdine Jarman, you know. Um, you know, there's a, a history of a lot of presidents. Um, like I said, first president in 67 was Frank Brick, Brick, Brickley. Frank Bricky, excuse me. And um, Press Summerhays, you maybe recognize that that name. Um, Tally Stevens. I don't know if you're too young to remember Tally. Aki Evans, Stan Watts. Mel Wood, those have been some of our past presidents. So, um, yeah, it got started, first of all, just honoring Hall of Famers. And then later on, they started honoring us. In 1972, we started honoring coaches. So we have distinguished high school coaches that we honor. Coaches of merit are people that have had college experience. They could have had high school also. Um, we started honoring officials and then distinguished service people. Um, and then, you know, kind of in uh, 1990, they started giving out high school scholarships. And that was started by Paul Reams, who was a member of the board. And uh, we then picked it up in the later years and uh, have continued to carry that forward and fund it. And then... Um, we became a 503C, 501 non nonprofit corporation. <coughs> Excuse me. And then um, we expanded uh, kind of in my term to a three-prong uh, situation where we're, you know, we're an organization that's preserving and honoring history, and we want to continue to do that. But our mission now is to honor the past, lead the present, and award the future. So we award the future with scholarships. We lead the present in that we have, we every other year we do a leadership symposium where Hall of Famers and people that we've honored will go in and teach leadership skills, which this last January was when we were supposed to do our our newest one, which was perfect. It was for the love of kids your leadership matter, and of all times in the world, that's a very appropriate subject. So we hope to be able to carry that forth this coming January uh, in 2022. So, and of course, in the honoring of the past, we continue to honor Hall of Famers, coaches, so on and so on. So that gives you just a little bit of a brief history of what, what how we started out, where we've come from, the Old Timer Association, to the Utah Sports Hall of Fame Foundation. Yeah, that, that's good to know. And yeah, from what I've read up on it, it sounds like there's definitely been some good contributors like um, Lob, uh, I can't remember his first name, but and and Logan, the Lobs have contributed. Jim and then, Lob, yeah, yeah, Jim Lob. Yeah. With Cash Electric. Yep. Yeah. The Miller so, Foundation, um, Zions, um, have been major contributors. What happened is when, uh, what was it, two years ago, three years ago, the Vivint Center did a remodel, you know, the remodel that they did. And we had at the time um, just a kind of like a trophy case display of plaques of 
honorees and stuff like that. But when they remodeled, they did away with a lot of walls and a lot of those kind of spaces. And so we were put in boxes, <laughs> and we needed to find a new home and a new place to do this. So we kind of bit the bullet, went out and raised the money to build the Utah Sports Hall of Fame Museum. And then we have uh, been you know, gotten monies from the legislature to help us with certain parts of things as well as some of the scholarships. And um, so we now have a Utah Sports Hall of Fame uh, museum, which showcases the Utah people that we've honored, and, and it showcases and gives us a place to show the uh, show the world, really, what great uh, sports people in Utah have done and to help um, make that even a more exciting museum we have we're trying to get what we call stories from the vault on every one of the hall of fame honorees not necessarily the coaches and things that we've honored but the hall of famers so we're mining donations and we're picking away at making stories of the vault for past members because as we honor current hall of new hall of famers we're using those as part of their induction and getting them made at the time that we honor them yeah yeah from i've I've actually been to the sports hall of fame the utah hall of fame museum twice and i definitely enjoyed seeing all those people and being able to read more about it and and so you mentioned uh, a little bit about my other question about your goal and mission. Um, so maybe if we can dive a little bit, like let's pretend we're on a on a tour, or, or I guess maybe some sports fans in Utah might want to know, like what is there to do at the museum when when they get there? Yeah, the museum is uh, put together trying to be an educational and inspiring as well as showcase in a modern very new setting type thing. We're a very interactive modern museum. In fact, somebody, one of the legislators asked me the other day how we compare with other Hall of Fames around in the in the country, and I said no comparison. They're just basically the ones that are around are like we started out, plaques and pictures and things like that. So, um, as you go into the Hall of Fame, there's a big section with for the where we showcase those that are in the Hall of Fame. And you can there's interactive monitors where you can then put their name in or you could put in maybe sports and it will give you a list of all the names of that we've honored in the Hall of Fame in a sport. And you can Punch, you can punch them up and you can see their photo and you can see a little bio on them. If we've been able to get other pictures, you can see those. If we've been able to do their story of the vault, you can see their story of the vault video. Uh, so it's an ongoing process to mine information on the Hall of Famers and to get those things done. For the current and the last two years now, we the Hall of Famers that we've put in, we've also put on their their video, their acceptance video when they were inducted in their acceptance speech. So that's also part of that. So that's one part. And then as you go into another part of the uh, museum, 
there's kind of some interactive things. We have taken and selected a few of our Hall of Famers and made special displays there, but you can also take your picture. We call it Take Your Best Shot, where you can pull up a few notable athletes or coaches, and you can have your picture taken from big old tall Mark Eaton to the smallest and shortest athlete, uh, Missy, let's see, Megan Marsden. <laughs> and, um, you know, you can t- do that as well as you can dress out in some uniforms if you'd like and then take your picture too. So it's kind of like a locker area where they can um, put on uniforms and then they could stand there and take their picture by whatever athlete they pulled up. And then as you go into another section of the museum, this is where you see listed the coaches and the special distinguished uh special yeah, let's see, distinguished service people as well as our officials and there's a monitor there and you can again pull them up and we're again a work in progress. We're trying to get pictures on every one of them, a le- a brief little history and then some bio information will be dis- dis- displayed on that monitor. And in that section also there is um, a test your IQ area where you can either singly do this or you could actually do a race with somebody else on the other monitor. You can pull it up either by Hall of Famers and there's certain questions that you try to answer and within a certain time frame or you can pull it up by sport and try to test your knowledge of the sport. So that's kind of fun. There's also a goggle where you can ride the bobsled. And seriously, if you're going to do that, I would suggest you sit down because it's very real. You're in the bobsled going down. Uh, We have a section that displays all those that have received scholarships, um, where they were from and where they used their scholarships. And then we have what I call the brag board. (laughs) So colleges and universities in the state of Utah that have won national championships are on this board and what they've won the national championship in and the year. So, um, yeah, that's a a pretty good-sized brag board right now. Uh, the, uh, The last section in the museum is actually a small store where we do sell a few T-shirts, golf shirts, sweatshirts, hats, as well as a book. If nobody, if you haven't read this book, you need to read it called The Blitz Kids, which is the history of um, the University of Utah's basketball teams in, what was it, 44 and 47, which is a tremendous story in history. You don't even have to be a Utah fan to enjoy this book. Um, we have some copies that are autographed by Arnie Farron and Watt Masaka. Uh, that was one of our events we had. And, uh, of course, we know that Watt has passed and gone. So this is a very valuable little book with with signatures of those two as well as the, the writers of the book. So how's that? Did I do good? Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, um, I kind of read it a little bit on on the Utes, um, yeah, that they won that year, and, and it was a really um, crazy time in our history, the kind of end of World War II, and and so, yeah, I'll definitely have to pick up that book next time I come over. Um, 
But, it's such a but, com- yeah. it's such a yeah it's such a compelling story too because just how the youths even the first year got invited is a gruesome story in and of itself not of the youths but the team that what happened to them um, and and left an opening and and so on but the other thing that's interesting to me with this book is is I. As we're going through another period of uncertainty in sports with this COVID virus, and it makes sports very uh, unfair and unequal, um, it reminds me a lot of this book and the times when uh, the war would interrupt and they couldn't get schedules and so on. So to me, I think there's a lot of parallels between our times uh, with what what's out of your control circumstances are doing to the sports world. So it's a, it's a compelling book that uh, I would invite anybody to read. It's it's really really interesting. Yeah, definitely um we're in uh, yeah, yeah, people um definitely if you're interested in that you should read it. Um but but yeah, we are in in crazy times and uh, yeah, since World War 2 or or I guess another virus, the Spanish flu, that was a, a big one. But um seems like with the vaccines, everything's going good. And, and I I think people are still able to visit the museum, right? Like you just have to make sure you wear a mask and maybe bring some sanitizer and, and stuff like that. Well, definitely wear a mask. And now they're asking people to maybe double mask. We haven't made that a requirement, but... Yeah, they have to wear a mask, they have to social distance, and we also limit the number that can be in the museum because of social distancing and the, and the size of the museum. We can't have more than 10 people in there, but we have a sanit, you know, they can hand sanitize right there before they go into the museum. We have, uh, you know, a place where they can do that. But, yeah, we, we yeah. are very conscious of... Um, sanitation right now and what uh, we need to do to keep it safe for not only the people that work there, but for the people who come in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause definitely want them to get the most out of their experience at the museum, but still be safe at the same time. Um, so, so, so I, I, when I went there, it just seemed like um, it, I, at first, like when you go in, it seems like it's, it's small, but it's actually a lot bigger than you think. Because, like, like you said, there's different sections when you turn the corner and and can do interactive stuff. But there's also a lot of you, you, even though it seems smaller at first, like the amount of information you can find there is is huge because there's so many athletes. But um, for some a sports fan that's looking to kind of increase their knowledge and and enjoyment with sports, like, what, what do you think are some things that they can do? to get the most out of their experience when they visit the museum? Well, one of the things is plan some time to listen to some of the stories of the vault. Um, we do have one sec, you know, the very end of the Hall of Fame section, we have a board of everybody that we've got their stories and posted right now. There's some that are not posted that we're hoping to get up right soon here. But there's some compelling and inspiring stories that uh, if you haven't listened to some of these, it's just phenomenal. Um, I just out at the top of my mind, Wayne Estes. For people that maybe don't know anything about Wayne Estes, scores his best game at Utah State, and 
and has all kinds of prospects for the future. It appears probably in probably in the pro world and so on and so on. Freaky accident with a wind and a live electrical line trying to help someone and he's dead. His story is is very compelling. But then I look at the modern era. We have Mike Schlappy's story, who uh, a good athlete in high school, his friend shot him accidentally and. Now he's paraplegic, and uh, his mom, as he's recovering, his mom finally said to him, you know, if you can't stand up, at least stand out. And he tells a compelling story of how that changed his life, and he's a great motivator. And if you listen to his story, you just, it just wants, you just want to get up and get going, you know. And then I look at uh, Billy Scheffenheimer, who was, uh, as a kid, lived on the street, ate out of the dumpsters. Uh, and he goes from that into finally track and field, which is a historian of itself, was going to be one of the Olympic track and field participants. Freak accident, ended that career, and then he ends up being uh, a member of the second place uh bobsled team when the Olympics were here in Salt Lake. It just uh, He goes from dumpsters to an Olympic hero, you know, and so there's stories like that and then there's stories of what Gail Miller, her story is compelling. I mean, there's all these things that you can pick out from these stories that can be inspiring, it can be uh, uplifting, uh, for the kids and, and youth in our state, role models like crazy, you know, as they listen to these stories. I mean, if people don't even know the story of the Jenkins, do you, and I'm going to I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you know about Ab Jenkins? Um, I honestly don't. Um, but yeah, th- th- there's a lot of stories out there that some of us younger. Uh, I, I'm. I, I was born in like the late '80s, so. Um, okay. So well, Ab, Ab Jenkins. Ab Jenkins broke a speed record on the Salt Flats, and his car used to be in the Capitol, which is a bone of contention for a lot of people because they've now taken it out. Um, but you should listen to Ab Jenkins' story because you know here's a national hero that broke the speed barrier on the Salt Flats from Utah. You know? <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying that there's you can learn an awful lot from listening to those stories. Yeah, definitely. And and there's a lot of different sports. I know sometimes here in the state people tend to focus on, yeah, the Jazz are the big pro team. And we got some of our big colleges, like, yeah, the Utes, the Aggies. I actually went to USU and then, and then BYU. And um, so, yeah, there's... But there's a lot of stories that that maybe you don't hear about, like like the Ab Jenkins story. Um, and so here was just, something. Uh, here was something. Here was something that was kind of fun too. Um, one of the somebody came into the museum and was looking through kind of some photos, and she, she found a photo and she goes, "Oh my gosh, that guy is the one that played on um, Little House on the Prairie." Well, guess who it is. Come on, Mr. Utah Mer- Merlin. Yeah, Merlin yeah. Olson. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. like a door to open up the, the Merlin Olson story and, and talk about things. 
But, yeah, she recognized him not because of sports, but because of Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> so Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, just fun, kind of fun things like that, too. So Yeah, like, so not just sports, but like he, he, he was an example of he was able to, to reach people in, in other ways. Um, but as far as the museum, I kind of wanted to spotlight, just let people know where to find you. You're at City Creek Mall, right? You're... You're, you're around that area? Yeah, we're in the City Creek Mall, and on the southwest corner, there's a big, tall condo tower. We're actually in that building, but we're on the mall level, so we're mall level, uh, just north of Nordstrom's. So there we go. You know, if you can't find us after that, we're, we're north of Nordstrom's and west of Utah Woolen Mills. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure you can just plug it into your phone and, and people will be able to, to find it. And, yeah, my, my wife, actually, I think she accidentally stumbled upon it and was thinking, because I'm a big sports fan, fan, she was saying, oh, yeah, I might be interested in this. And it was definitely awesome to go a couple times. Um, but I, I guess to you mentioned a couple of athletes. Um, we have a little bit more time. Is there any other athletes? That, um, that 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 have visited the museum, or some of some of your favorite athletes in Utah sports history. Yeah, uh, some of the people that have actually visited the the museum that actually uh, these are inductees. You know that um, I know have been in there. Of course, I mentioned Arnie Farron and Watt Masaka, but Spence Eccles a great skier that was inducted. He's been in there several times. Glenn Tuckett, Vern Law. Vern Law was a great baseball pitcher and player. He's been in. Wilma Swenson, who just recently passed, a softball player. Missy Marlowe, gymnastics. Scott Mitchell, quarterback. Uh, Ron Boone, we all know Ron. Mm-hmm. Um Megan Marsden, Elaine Michaelis, Lori Parrish, Salvo, Frank Layton, Annette Osiresis, softball, Noel Ficus Pace, great the uh, skeleton, or not skeleton. Uh, anyway, she was also placed in the Olympics as well as oh goodness, what was his name that rode the skeleton? Um, Oh, that's horrible. I've forgotten his name now. From Park City. Um, anyway, he won, you know, so, yeah, there's been several notable athletes and, and different people that have come in and visited the museum. And if we ever get the Winter Olympics back here, oh, my gosh, can this museum showcase the work ethic of our Utah people and athletes and showcase us to the world? Um, yeah, be- I, I definitely hope. I, I I think 2030 is still looking like a good possibility. I, I hope that 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 becomes a reality. And because I, I was in sixth grade when the Olympics came, and and I, and I got to go to like a like a hockey game or something like that. But it was, but yeah, it was, it's definitely. Uh, I I assume that yeah, there's a lot of people that visit Utah for various reasons, and and if they, and so I bet you get a lot of tourists that. I'm just wanting to learn a little bit more about Utah sports. Yeah, um, for you that was such a baby when the Olympics was here, (laughs) 
they took yep. and they took and cordoned off the downtown area, draped the buildings. Uh, different countries would come in and take over a building, rent it obviously, re redo it and whatever, would have nightly parties in it, and then they would have other things going on. So there was a lot of people in the downtown area just milling around and doing things. It was such a wonderful atmosphere. It's just hard to explain. But if that was to happen, I would hope that we could get people to come, you know, by the droves from foreign countries as well as U.S. people because into the museum. But even that said, it was interesting. Let me just share you a couple of stats. You know, the first seven months that we were open, we saw about 13 hundred people from Utah. We saw about a thousand from out of state, but we saw three hundred, about almost three hundred and fifty from forty four different countries internationally. And as we went through statistics up and through December of this year, uh of course we were closed several months because of COVID. Um, we still had about a thousand, a little over a thousand Utah people. 1,240 out-of-staters, and we still had 119 people from 30 international countries that had found us. So we are a destination that people, if they know about us, like to come in and like to visit us and are impressed by learning more about Utah sports history at its highest level, really. Yeah, definitely, and it's, it's cool that you're able to, I think when I got there at first, there was like a little iPod you can scan in and say where you're from and how you heard about you guys, and and yeah, for some people, um, I, I guess you, you have a website, right, for the Sports Hall of Fame, but a lot of people might just stumble past it while I'm going to the mall, um, like if, if maybe after a jazz game or something, like, it would definitely be cool. I, I saw a couple of jazz basketballs that were signed there and different jerseys and and other extra stuff make it make it a really interesting site to to see and just all the pictures like you said like like you can go into the vault and look at videos but just to look at all the names and like i i went in there and took pictures of like all the people so i can go back and like google them because i i some of those names you mentioned like burn law like some of them sound familiar but but um actually kind of my goal right now is to write an article, kind of a Sunday feature each week. So I, I wrote about Berlin and then um, Steve Young, John Stockton, um, the, um, I'm drawing, oh yeah, Tom Chambers. Yeah, he was a big one that played for the youth and then the Jazz, I think, for a bit and the Suns. But so yeah, and also tomorrow, um, make sure to, for all, all of you listening, on thehighsports.com, we're going to do a special feature article and dive a little bit more into the Utah Sports Museum. And um, Norman, I just want to thank you for your, your time and and to share about some of these stories because um, honestly, yeah, there might be a, a lot of listeners on, in the sports um, podcasters are like the younger, um, younger guys that like maybe don't have, I mean, Maybe they might not know as much about some of this stuff, but they're into sports because they're we're watching all these current games. But 
but it is nice to jump into the vault and learn about the past because like you said your goal like past present future i think if if we focus on that then we can grow more as a sports community yeah and uh, i would invite anybody to go on our website which is utahsportshalloffame.org where you can see more things also and see what we're about and see when we do things and there's a history there that you, you're more interested in getting more details on our history than what I gave you. You know, it's just a, a great organization to honor Utah people and applications and qualifications are vetted by committees uh, when they're turned in, you know, because we have standards by what people have to do in order to, you know, be honored in there. And, you know, our, it's it's interesting because we're, you know, we all are familiar with the traditional things in life of football, basketball, baseball, so on and so on. But we're getting some requests for the unusual. And as sports has branched into unusual and more things like biking and different things, our last a uh, group of inductees before COVID, uh, <laughs> we actually honored two gentlemen that swam the English Channel in record times, and their stories are pretty compelling, and they're brothers. So, you know, um, there it's it's going to be interesting to see how we continue to honor and in what areas as because all of these are part of what Utah sports is all about and what and and this is the cool thing is is this these are Utah people or people that have at least lived in Utah for 10 years so it's not like we're trying to make a hall of fame for people nationally or internationally even though they may end up being that because they've come and they've lived here 10 or, or more years and and so on. But um, it's kind of cool to honor the Utah athletes and coaches and administrators and, and donors and contributors and so on, people of special service and so on. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, like 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 you said, like there, there's any – like. Anybody who wants to get in sports, I mean, and lives in Utah, like I've lived in Utah 20 years, and I wouldn't classify myself as like a pro sports person by any means, but I think like even if you want to be a broadcaster or or somebody in sports media, I think there's there's guys in, in there like um, Steve Klauke from the Bees. I bet maybe at some point, I don't know if he's already in there, but I mean, he he's been here for a while, and and so yeah, there's and even if you don't end up in the Hall of Fame, it's cool to go and appreciate the stories of the people who did and how they got there. And um, but, but yeah, I definitely um, look forward to talking with you in the future and, and going to the Hall of Fame and and learning some more about it. But um, this was a nice, just kind of a sneak peek of what to expect, and hopefully um, more people can uh, just discover it because um, I, I haven't talked to a lot of people, but I. I bet I bet I, I can go and ask. Um, I mean, our state has two million people in it, so odds are if I ask somebody if they've been to it or heard of it, maybe they haven't yet, and so it would be cool to get more people to know about it. Yeah, we uh, 
right now, to be honest, our stats show from what when people sign in, we ask them how they learned about us. By far, um, they learn about us by coming to the mall. And uh, we were going to spend more time and uh, resources on marketing and trying to get educational groups to come in, you know, like elementary kids and tours and and different things like that. But when COVID hit, obviously, and it just shut the world down and shut everything down, that, you know, shut us down too. You know, there was no sense trying to do that because it wasn't a reality. And um, even without that, again, we actually had some pretty good numbers in in the museum this last year in the sense of, and with no marketing really uh, and so on, just people discovering us. You know, there was some marketing done, but let's face it, the hotels have been empty. There's been no conventions. There's been no whatever, and we didn't have a chance to do anything with the schools, obviously. And um, So, yeah, we're, we need to be discovered, and we need to be showcased. And people, it's not, the museum isn't something that one time in, I'm done because it's going to change and you can't spend enough time in there to see and do all the things that are possible in there. Definitely and and we're always um we kind of since we have the same goals I I appreciate you being on and and we're we definitely want to um highlight the museum and and our articles and and especially with the Sunday features we can talk about some of these athletes and just um and hopefully um Kind of with our both, we both have the same goal. We can um, help people kind of be entertained by the stories of these people. So, um, yeah. Again, I I thank you for your time, Nora, Norma, and 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 yeah. I look forward to seeing you soon at the museum. All right, you bet. All right, thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz. Turn down the world!